Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome, everyone, to episode 55 of Double Nickel, as my dad would say. Uh, <laughs> of There's No Place Like Tara, a Stargate First Watch rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over season three, episode 11, Past and Present, or as I'm calling it, and I will get further into this later, Identity Crisis. Oh, as I'm calling it, <laughs> Daniel, your wife just died. <laughs> That's very appropriate. Seriously, she just died. Yeah, that, that was like a big one. I was almost on that was going to be where I headed with my like critique of Daniel in this episode until more things happened. And I was like, wait a minute. Well, here's wait a minute. Part of me was like, OK, to be fair, you lost her a while ago. But I was yeah. like, but you just had the emotional impact of her actually dying. A and B later in the episode, you even admit. I just lost my life. Yeah, like that was a big deal. And that was like felt like a little bit morally reprehensible until the rest of the team did something else that I found a little more morally reprehensible. There's a couple major moral questions in this episode. Yeah, definitely, definitely stuff to get into. The biggest one I think is the last scene. Probably, probably the last scene. Okay, good. Then I think we're going to go down that same page on that one. Anyone who's read Identity Crisis by Brad Meltzer may know where I'm headed with this. I haven't read that, so I have no clue on that side. Oh, good, good. This will be great. I have just on the other side of um, <laughs> um so this first aired on October 15th, 1999. It's, we're, we're just ahead of it. Okay. By the way, if you happen to live in the U.S. and you're listening to this, happy uh, day after Halloween. Oh, yeah. Um, happy um, day of the dead. Del Day uh, of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Uh, uh, Kaylee the Thorgy is, yeah, <laughs> part one, <laughs> is, uh, is dressed as Wonder Woman. Oh. Not Diana Prince as the Wonder Woman half. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Stormageddon is uh, Nightwing. Yes. Uh, because, because he's a the black dog. <laughs> he's a black dog with a black harness with turquoise trim. There Therefore, you go. our dog is Nightwing. Yeah. And then. That works the well. end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael is to be Zatanna, which is, is very appropriate because she um, comes up and. Wow. I went as uh, Professor Trelawney nice. last night, and bartender Nick went as Hagrid. Awesome! I but, think I'm gonna do like a like a like a Disney bounding version of Zatanna to work. Oh, I'm just going as Trelawney tomorrow to work. There you go. That because works, to be yeah. fair, done. Not too much far from how I normally dress. <laughs> if you think about true. it, that's very true. Uh, Hagrid didn't have a haircut because we didn't get a wig at in time. Oh, okay. He <laughs> well, has the you know. beard. Yeah, but he, he lost the- a bet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so anyways, this is written by Tor Alexander Valencia. I still love that name I every love time that I get name. to say yeah. it. Directed by William Garrity. Um, the couple guest stars we have is Megan uh, Litt. Um, I'm butchering your name. I'm sorry. Plays uh, Kiara slash Liana. And she, if you're like me, and uh, the reason she's familiar is because she's Samantha Mulder. Oh. From X-Files. Oh, that's the thing I don't know. Oh, have, yeah. well, have you seen any of X-Files? I don't remember. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Well, Samantha is Fox Mulder's sister who was kidnapped oh. by aliens gotcha. at a young age that has traumatized Fox Mulder. And Which is why he is Fox Mulder. Why he is Fox Mulder, I yes. got it. I got it. Um, also, she resembles Amanda Tapping. She does look a lot 
<laughs> like Major Sam. Yes. She looks so much like her. Yeah. Um, and she returns again for Small Role in Atlantis oh, as right. well later on. on. Um, and Marla Delver plays uh, Mar- Maris. Mar- I always should they say your name like once? Yeah, I was. That's uh, that's the wife, right? That's the, the wife. First, call her the wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to write her name down, and they they, they, they say don't it say like it. once at the end. They say her actual name, like Liel or something yeah. like that. Yeah, she um, um she's been a number of episodes as Son of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, right on. Which cool. is something I've seen at least more episodes, more than a handful of episodes. But oh, okay. she is uh, Sheriff Elgly. Eggly. Yeah. I liked her. She was one of my favorites. In she episode. was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Jason Gray Stanford, who plays Orner, the, okay. the, the husband, um, yeah. he actually like has a huge list of work. Yeah, he's got one of those faces where I was like, I've seen you in other things he's before. Been a ton but of, he also has done a ton of anime voiceover work going back to the 80s. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, and I recognize him from Mystery Alaska because it's one of my favorite movies. Okay. Okay. Because Mystery Alaska. <laughs> uh, um, he's also been, he's been in everything from X-Files to Queer as Folk to one of the lead characters on Monk. Like, huh. Randy Disher. I've never I actually seen Monk. Is, I think I've seen Monk in the background at work when someone was recording the syndicated version to air on a Sunday. Yeah, no, nope, never watched Monk. <laughs> nice. Um, so anyways, uh, we start out the episode in a storage room that happens to have an upright Stargate that's not in a box. Hmm, that's um, interesting. I have a hunch that before... The question is, is how long has this been a storage room? Has this been a storage room since the Vorlix? Or has this always been a storage room? Because I can... I mean, they were experimenting, I guess... To right. take it out of the box because Kira was like, I was looking at it. Did she? Un- Anyways, it's just strange that there's just a yeah. upright story. Well, to spoil the ending, I feel like she came in through it. Oh, she probably did, yeah. And, and that's then, maybe why the DHD was still covered yeah. up is because she didn't need it. Yeah, and I think she may have left it. Maybe. So that she could then make a quick escape and then forgot who the hell she was. Ha! Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our team comes through, the DHD's under a tarp, and Daniel ponders that, you know, maybe they don't know what the gate is and it's just an artifact to them. There you go. Yeah. Teal'c sees two people through the window coming in because they heard an explosion noise and a man and a woman who are bickering like an old married couple because yeah. they are. <laughs> they absolutely uh, are. Yeah. Like to me, this is just like the sign that two people are supposed to be together well, when like, you don't even remember who they are. And yet they're still bickering because they've that been married tension. for 43 yeah. years. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's like it's it might as well be like Moonstruck or mm-hmm. no, Moonlighting. Is that the name of the TV show I with Sybil so. Shepard and uh, Bruce Willis? Probably. Where they're just constantly like digging at each yeah. other. That's basically who they are. They're yeah. just kind. Con- even if they were just dating now, it's like, dude, you guys are all about each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Jack introduces himself. Um, you know, the the door was open. Yeah. Uh, so we came in. Yeah. And the man asks for their papers, uh, which they don't have. But Daniel's like, we're travelers and we've come <laughs> to meet you. Well, not you, you, but your, your people. Yeah. And he introduces everyone. And this is where we learn that. Tilk's name means strength, which is yes. perfect on every front. That's so appropriate. And I <laughs> but I, there's something about it that feels so cheesy as well. It's so cheesy and yet it works. Like I would love for his name to mean like Serenity or some other thing <laughs> so that we, the whole team could be like, what? I mean, my name <laughs> means my name means victory. So yeah. <laughs> she had to, are on the same lines. Yeah, no, see, I like I love that. Um 
I love that it's naming strength and it makes sense. It's so appropriate though. It's almost too on the nose. It is. You know, I it want is. his name to mean something that no one else would a think little, of. A little. Well, even you if know, it was like, not, if even if it was somewhere appropriate, but just a little like a little less yeah, on the nose. I just love the idea that everybody would kind of look at him like, oh, that's not where I'd first categorize you, but okay. Like if his yeah. name meant stand tall or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. something that wasn't. And maybe he's, maybe it doesn't technically directly translate to strength, but <laughs> yeah. it's... Or even if it was, like, it means strength in and then some other language that, like, yeah. it's not theirs. You know, yeah, kind of like that thing that all my parents just like, it means love in this language. And you're like, you don't speak that language. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that your name? <laughs> don't name your kid. Uh, I actually blanked on love in any language. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, and, you know, and Teal will, yes, remember his father for as long as he draws breath. Um, Teal, you could have just said yes. Yeah. That you remember your father, but you're Teal. Right. There's no, so. <laughs> there's no lack of melodrama. <laughs> to be fair, he's a man of few words until you ask him if he remembers Teal his father. Teal a great soap star. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And it's like, he wouldn't even be acting, he would just be like, just go, dude. Yeah. Just go. Just and he's like, what's my himself. line? What's my character? He's like, just, uh-huh. Just react. Yeah. Just, just be yourself. <laughs> um, Have fun, buddy. <laughs> and the man, the, you know, the, the guy who learned his name is Orner, um, says that they couldn't have been here at the time of the Vorlicks, uh, and they explain that they can't remember anything before the Vorlicks, only things since that day. Yeah. And credits. And, okay, I have to say something about the credits. Yes. I've been busy pouting so much over the credits and how much <laughs> I don't like the credits because they no longer have little flash things. Okay. And they're not cut to me. Hang on, they're smart. Okay. And so today I finally watched them. Yeah. I finally just sat there because I was too lazy to find the remote. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll sit here and watch them. This is the first time I realized that we see a, a something at the end of the credits. Yeah. <laughs> There's an actual thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a sarcophagus. Yeah. And I was like, oh. That's cool. <laughs> to be fair, I do, and I think I've mentioned this, and unfortunately I don't remember the specifics off my brain, uh-huh. but uh, there are versions of the credits for this season that uh-huh. that are our typical flashy ones. Okay, good. It's between, like, the first aired and the syndicated, and so some streaming things and some DVDs, oh, like, different ones have the different sure. things. It's yeah. like they changed when they went to syndicated, or they changed when it was airing yeah. on, on the episodes or re-airing on Sci-Fi Channel or something along those I lines. I just love in, that in my quick reaction, and I miss yeah. something this cool. And it's like these credits have been going for a while, Grace. Yeah. Like, because they use these credits even sometimes in the first season. That's what I'm saying. And so yeah. I was so busy pouting over how I wanted the other thing, I didn't realize how cool the thing was that I had. Yeah. Um, so when we come back from the credits, Sam or and the Melp can't detect anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> and Jack thinks the Melp is worthless, but he trusts Sam. Glad to know he has... That was smooth, Grace. Yeah, not smooth at all. That was not me <laughs> so popping So I forgot to open their can before the episode started. <laughs> the defense. So, uh, Orner and his wife, we're just going to call his wife, say that the Vorlix was over a year ago, and whatever has caused it is gone, so Kira says. Mm. Um, and so they, say Kira. So say we all. Uh, <laughs> I do want to go back and rewatch the new Battlestar because I had such bias against it when it was oh, first airing uh-huh. that I really think I have to go, want to go back and rewatch it with an open mind. That could be good. Yeah. I was going Catholic Church, but I like yours better. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who didn't pay attention, Church? Um, 
And so apparently they just woke up one day not knowing who they were. And mm-hmm. Orner's first memory was running down the street with whoever this woman is running next to him. I love that he woke up running. I know. <laughs> like he didn't wake up and then feel the need to run. He woke up and he's like, oh shit, my body is running. Yeah, that's like what you just come to. <laughs> yeah. I was sleep running. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that would be awesome to watch. It's like, what is that person? Oh, don't wake them up. They're sleep running. I've had a weird set of dreams in the past week where I wake up uh-huh. somewhere else. Like I wake up in my dream, but somewhere else it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck Those that says fun. about me, but. I, I, yeah, my, I think my favorite part of dreams where you're like, and scene. And then you go all of a sudden are somewhere else completely. Oh, no, I always go through a door. Oh. Oh, I'll be on like a submarine and I That's go through so a nice. door and then I'm on top of a cloud or some weird shit I, like My this. house just opens up randomly to yeah. other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I, I, I'm really good at jumping to other countries. Because <laughs> that's how we get to other countries, right? Oh, see, jump. I have once seen the Indiana Jones map. <laughs> like, that is once how I traveled. I yeah. did travel the Indiana travel Jones map. map. Yeah. Travel map. <laughs> it's the best my, kind of travel. It's the best way to go. <laughs> um, Sam does, back in the episode, yeah. uh, Sam does recall a friend of hers, uh, her, her chopper went down in the Gulf War, and she was knocked out when she came to all of her memories and her identity were gone. Oh, yeah. So Orner says that the elders of the planet are also gone. They, you know, don't remember them. Um, but there's photographs of them everywhere. Children, too, if they ever had children. Mm. Uh, and the wife's like, well, we weren't grown on trees. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. I and love her so Jack, much. Jack and Sam are just looking between each other like, what the fuck? She's like this, the best, and I know it's a little bit of a stereotype, but like the, the exasperated wife. Yeah, I know. Like the, uh, get your shit together already. Are you seriously this lame? Anyway, I love, yeah, I love, love, I love, I love her. her. Um, but they're going to take um, the SG one to Kira. She's a minister of health science and restructuring in the virus, vi- virus, <laughs> virus transitional government. Mm-hmm. So retrograde amnesia. So there's there's retrograde amnesia and then anterior grade amnesia, which oh. that one is prevents you from forming every new men- memories. Okay, which I've heard of before. Yeah, that's basically what is it? Forty dates. Oh, the one. Oh. Uh, 50 First 50 Dates. 50 First Dates, yes. Yes, the that one is with that uh, one. Drew Barrymore. With Drew Barrymore, oh, like, yeah. can't form any new memories. I, my favorite part of that entire movie is, I think it's Adam Sandler singing God Only Knows. Yes. But it's crying. <laughs> it's like the saddest, weirdest thing. There's something about people singing classic songs in comedy movies that gets me, because the other one that gets me is Will Ferrell's Something to Talk About <laughs> in Step Brothers. <laughs> I have not seen that film, but I've seen that scene. <laughs> That's the best thing. Okay, anyway. Anyway, retrograde amnesia. Yes, or- retrograde amnesia. Um, so, to be fair, I'm not sure which version of the amnesia terrifies me more. Uh, yeah. Um, but it sounds like, in, and they even, Janet says this later, whatever happens to them affected their hippocampus. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's when people get damaged here, it's like they retain all of their skills and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, she remember, Kira remembers she's a healer and she helps people and she has this knowledge. She doesn't remember right. why she does or anything like that. Um, and the hippocampus is like the translator all your memories go through before stashed away for storage in the neocortex. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Bureaucrats. They're yeah, they're the bureaucrats. They pile, yeah. <laughs> it's, they're like, what is it? In, in uh, um, what's the Pixar movie? With the emotions. Oh, inside out. Inside out. They divvy out where all the, oh, the see, memories I was go. Thinking, I was thinking Hermes in Futurama. That works too. That works too. <laughs> but I like yours better. 
<laughs> um, and usually the damage here is, ca- is caused by some sort of physical trauma. But there's also cases of like psychogenic amnesia where there's no oh. physical damage to the brain. Which right. that is different than Changnesia. If you watch Community, that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other. Oh my gosh! Now I have to rewatch Community. Chang- Dang it! I've done that like four times now. <laughs> um, there's also cases of infections causing it. Oh, okay. Um, with you know something passing through. Well, things the like uh, like meningitis can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and everyone recovers differently to it. Some regain the memory, some don't. Like, there is, oh. there's no standard practice, it sounds like, for this type of things. That's just... It's almost like a broken bone. It's just how well your body can exactly. bounce back from something. Exactly. Whoa, that's nuts. So, they head out of the storage room thing into <laughs> a world that looks like it's in the Industrial Revolution. Yes, you know, there was something about this world that kept feeling very Doctor Who-ish to me. Yeah, it did. It felt very Doctor Who-ish. Like, I was waiting for it, like a little, like you know, a half, to show up somewhere. It's like a weird steampunk yeah. without the steampunk. Yeah, Like, yeah. there was no actual steampunk in there. But it's so hipster that it's it is steampunk so before <laughs> steampunk was cool. It's like, uh, we were pre-steampunk. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and Orner orders his wife, uh, like, you know, to go home. I'll do this. And she's like, fine, but don't expect supper. Yeah. And Orner's like, I never do. I love <laughs> just that. Like... Just slightly under the breath. And like, yeah, they just, they love each other. They absolutely they do. They do. He's just dumb and uh, can't see beyond the pretty face of the other woman. To be fair, I feel like before they lost the memories, they were very close to the same Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that they still were. As they snark, they'd be like a peck on the cheek. Yeah. And then they snark. Sorry. Something just fell off my desk. (laughs) I'm falling apart at the scene. In fact, those were Stargate DVDs (laughs) that fell off my desk. (laughs) Uh, So um, they come to the hospital uh, and Kira is helping a woman who's going into anaphylactic shock, although seems mild anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Uh, no one can remember what their allergies are, if, you know, if they even have, you know, allergies or what they to food or anything like that. But whatever Kira ends up putting up on a cloth lets the woman breathe, like, instantly. That's not a thing that exists. No, it's not. But yeah. maybe <laughs> she is a genius. They do mention sure. later when she yeah. comes to biochemistry. So there's yeah. a chance. That I just want people out there to know that you cannot just inhale epinephrine. Not no. to my knowledge. No, you can't. So, so don't do that. Well, <laughs> isn't like if someone's having some sort of allergy, they give you the little venter thing? I guess thing? they do give you like the nebulizer. The nebulizer. Or so I can imagine that this is something that has the same effect as yeah, the nebulizer. Yeah, it, it really is just about, yeah, reducing, you know, yeah. opening the, the so I'll give blood them vessel that. tunnel. That yeah. there's some thing that sounds quasi logical. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so everyone is introduced to each other, and, you know, Kira doesn't know if she was a doctor, um, but before the war, like, she does remember that she helped others. <laughs> and she asked if Daniel is, and he's like, a doctor? Well, no. Well, yes, uh, but of archaeology, because I yeah. studied the past. And Kira tells him that he is most welcome here, and they I flirt so hard. Yeah. First of all, Daniel, you just. You, that was the most not smooth line I've ever heard. No, he has a lot of those in this but, episode. <laughs> it's just like clearly she wants you bad because yeah. she's like, I'm just gonna let this slide. Yep, I'm just gonna you just let keep it talking. Slide. Just keep talking. Uh huh. 
Because she doesn't hear any. Listen, she's probably a hundred times smarter than him. Oh, she's like, it doesn't yes. matter what the words are that come out of your I mouth. Know. You're pretty, <laughs> and that's all I'm here for. So sh- basically, sh- shut your face. Shut your face. It'd be pretty. Yeah, stay on there. <laughs> um, so Orner leaves them. Uh, Kira explains that she strongly believes that that Orner strongly believes that they are married, uh, and they don't need to wait until the memories return to restart yeah. their relationship. She clearly thinks otherwise, and she's like, dude, you clearly have a wife that's yeah. not me. Well, and I feel like. Everybody but him understands that um, our other woman... Wife. Is, wife is his wife. Yeah. Like, are you, how are you the only person that doesn't see this? Because he's blinded by love. Yeah, blinded by the blood. I'm going to call it that. Yeah. Uh, so, Kira leads them to a library with all the knowledge they've recovered since the Vorlix. She spends all of her time here learning whatever she can. Mm-hmm. And Jax thinks they have... It looks like you have everything under control. She's like, uh, no. She mm. goes, they're falling apart. Industry and agriculture have come to a halt. She goes, when winter comes, it's going to be disaster. Yep. Because winter is coming. Winter is always coming, guys. <laughs> be prepared. There's two for you. There you go. <laughs> I'm not singing Be Prepared be in my head now. Be prepared. I'm, I was silently singing it in my head until then. Era. <laughs> but where do we feature? Just listen, listen to teacher. <laughs> Okay, I'm dead. We apologize. My except brother, we, except we don't. My brother would be so proud. Um, <laughs> she, so Kira's like, well, I know you're not locals because whatever caused the Vorlix was pandemic, mm-hmm. and if you know who you are, you're not from this world. There's something poetic about that line. I actually there wrote is. it down. I really love it. If you know who you are, you aren't of this world. I know because I think it relates to our world just as well. Yeah. Uh, there's something really. Uh, sweet about that or something something to hold on to there when you are feeling a little confused yeah I dig it that's kind of who we no are no one knows who the fuck we are we don't know what the fuck we are we're just always trying to figure it out exactly um, and so they're like, well, that big round thing stashed in the warehouse down the road. She's like, oh, that is a transportation device. Yeah, it's a Stargate. Yeah, totally is. And she's like, well, Dr. Zervis, which from now on I'm going to call Dr. Zayas. Yeah. <laughs> just to let everyone know. Uh, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Zayas. <laughs> mentioned the Stargate in his research. Uh, she'd given up hope on finding Dr. Zayas, but his research has taught her much. And it, it is the research talks about a visitor who came from beyond the stars. Mm. Um, and, you know, they can't comprehend the science behind the Stargate. Kira has studied as well. They can't activate it or anything like that. Mm. Um, and But Daniel wants to know more about the visitor because it seems him and Sam and Daniel have come to the same hunch instantly at the same right, time. yeah. Which, with no... In, at this point, they both seem to know what's going on, and there is no proof in the world. There's nothing to leave no, them. Yeah, there's just immediate suspicion. Exactly. Just immediate suspicion. Um, and Teal doesn't take too much longer to catch on, because of the look he gives. And, you know, she's mentioned many times she's somewhat of an apothecary, uh-huh. and she didn't survive the Vorlix. The bodies of an elder woman and an elder man were discovered in a building destroyed by an explosion. Uh, they're the only elders that remains that they found, and they assume they're Dr. Zayas and this woman. Mm. And he goes, and she she does mention a name. She calls herself Linnea, which SG-1 recognizes immediately. Yeah, which Grace did not recognize immediately. Yeah. But I did look over at Nixie and I said, I'm supposed to know that. Yes. <laughs> Just to catch everyone else yes. up who may have not yeah. caught up. Remember Prisoners? The one, the crazy megalomaniac older lady who called yep. herself, who, who, sorry, others called her the Destroyer of the Worlds. Destroyer of Worlds. And took down the SGC to escape, leaving a message that says all debts have been paid. Yeah. yeah, Linnea. That's not good. No. I guess we should have known we'd see her her face again. Yes. 
We should have understood that. Except we don't actually see her face again. That's fair. We see someone, like, her younger An almost face. An almost face. We should have seen her almost face again. Um, So, sometime later, Jack is uh, adjusting his watch. Right. For, because reasons. Yeah. Uh, as Teal- Well, he's like, let's see, this planet is how many hours? Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember. Is that 77 million? <laughs> it's according to Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Teal'c and Janet arrive at the hospital with some, some others lugging equipment. Right. And Jack tries to crack the what's your name again joke, which both ignore as they should. <laughs> Janet, against her judgment, cracks a half smile, but no, you shouldn't, Janet. No. You're just going to away. encourage it. Just put it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Janet gets her own pun on with it's a world-class case of amnesia. Yeah. Neither one of you, no. <laughs> Both of you need to stop, stop it. being funny. But I love it. I think because she doesn't like smile. She just seems really proud of herself. Well, and she's and like <laughs> after Jack, she's like she. It's a smile of no, stop. Yeah, let me just show don't. you how this. Let me better. show you how this is done. Except it's not actually <laughs> it's that much better. better. <laughs> it's only better because it's Janet. Yeah, yeah, Jack. yeah. And she's like, and I'll see myself. Out. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna go figure out what they can. Uh, so we cut to the city again, and did you catch the triple layer Zeppelin hot air balloon thing? Yeah. I yeah. love it. So That's death. why I was like, are we going around the world in 80 days? <laughs> yeah. Where are, when I are we? Yeah. the three layer Zeppelin thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like a, like a double decker plane. That right? was <laughs> someone in the art department made like, check this shit out. And they're like, That's good. Let's put it's it like, right remember here. Remember the time I learned how to use a clone tool? <laughs> I did it again. I can't stop myself. He had like seven of those, and they were all like different layers. And they're and like, like no, "Stop! Cut it down! You get Stop. one. You yeah. get one. Pick one. Pick one. your favorite. <laughs> Pick your favorite. That's the one we're using." So uh, Daniel, Sam, and Kira are studying in the library, uh, and he keeps finding references to Dargal. Mm. Which, again, I was watching for... Uh, you need to watch Farscape. There's okay. a character called Dargo. <laughs> and that's all I thought of. Nice. I'm assuming this chemical is blue. And not because <laughs> blue meth from Breaking Bad. Because of Dargo. Dargo? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, actually, Dargo's not blue. I just remembered that. Uh, <laughs> it's still blue! Anyway. Uh, so, Kira explains that it was a chemical once used as a pesticide. It has... A, but it had a significant impact on the environment. It was banned. And Daniel mentions they had the same with DDT. Yeah, that sounds familiar. We know that one. It does. Um... I so DDT stands for a very long word that I'm not even going to try to butcher or pronounce. It's That's a chemical name. Totally okay. Yeah, it was first made in 1874 uh, and was used near the by the time like the end of World War II. It was used to control malaria and typhus, mm-hmm. and then after that, it was used as an insecticide. Um, the chemist who discovered it, Paul Marin Mulier. Herman Muller, sorry, was actually awarded the Nobel Prize for his quote, his discovery of a high efficiency of DDT as a contact poison against several arthropods, Yikes. unquote. Yeah. Um, and that was in 1948 he won that. And okay. between 1950 and 1980, almost 40,000 tons a year was used worldwide. Yeah, that's a shit ton. That's a shit ton. Yeah. Um, and at this point, like, in the 40s, some scientists were already weary about it, and the government was already starting to regulate its use by the 50s. Yep. That's, yeah. There's, well, there's this, you know, there's this idea of, of sometimes we try things 
too soon. Yes. Uh, sometimes if a thing seems too good to be true, <laughs> yeah, it you should might research be. that more. It might be, yeah. Um, in a 1962, Rachel Carson published a book called Silent Spring. I remember um, this. That talked about the environmental impacts of DDT spraying in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and claiming it caused cancer, it was threatening wildlife, especially birds, and it led to such an uproar that DDT was banned in, in the U.S. in 1972, and eventually, soon after that, banned worldwide for agricultural use. Yeah, I remember reading about this in my... Uh, one of my history classes, one of my yeah. 60s history classes, uh, it kind of, you know, it, it sprung on, it motivated the environmental movement. Yeah, really, yeah. yeah the entire thing. So this is a shitty thing, but it kind of just pushed these people who were already yep. on the brink. Yeah. This, the DDT kind of became it was the a strong toppling point. Time. Yeah, it was the a strong toppling point. Back, yeah. It was the thing that made it happen. There are still a few areas today that still controversially used that's just because it is so effective against malaria right so in some areas they're like the the cost the, the yep. risk reward sort yeah. of shifts the in balance the balance is different yeah it balances differently um i think there's only one place that still makes ddt oh i don't um, know where that is i think it's in india okay and i think that's one of the top places that still uses that, that it was, that would make sense yeah yeah so, um, apparently, also, the, the ban of DDT combined with the Endangered Species Act are two, uh, some pe- or scientists say, are the two biggest factors in the return of bald eagles and peregrine falcons from almost being extinct. Yikes. Yeah. Um, wow. Because apparently DDT caused the eggshells of the birds to be so thin that it caused the embryos to die. Oh, baby birds. Baby birds. Dying Yikes. baby embryos. Yikes. Um... But the chemical footprint is still left in the world. The the byproducts and, and the main breakdowns basically got into the aquatic aquatic organisms and the right, aquatic ecosystem. Right. And I saw this line on Wikipedia, which led me to this article on NIH's uh, site from 2009 called the Pine River Statement. Okay. And it says that you can still detect measurable amounts of DDT in 5 to 10% of the U.S. population. And almost everyone in everyone that they measured had measurable amounts of DDE, which is the primary breakdown product. Well, I guess that in makes their blood sense. System. Yeah, yeah. Because it was used for so long, and then it's, it's just everywhere. It just is everywhere, and it's sort of just like built up in in animals and all the way up the food chain and ecosystem. Guys, this is how we get mutants. This is how we get just mutants. waiting for my abilities to yep. come in. Mm-hmm. I will let you know, except I won't because I'm gonna keep it secret. My favorite thing <laughs> I read about this. My favorite thing I read about this. Was a, there is an urban myth? What a good chance this is an urban myth okay. uh, that ever existed. But there was supposedly some people said a cocktail for a bit called a Mickey Slim. That was a combination of gin with a pinch of DDT. Oh wow! It was. They said it was supposed to have the same hallucinogenic effects of absinthe. Well, yeah, because it's poison. And but the catch is, is there's no reports of DDT having psychoactive effects. Okay. Like some people apparently would take small amounts every day to prove that it Jesus. was like safe or whatever. And, you know, also, to be fair, the Green Fairy doesn't have any hallucinogenic effects anyway. <laughs> yeah. like, absence doesn't make you see things. That's yeah. the shit you're taking with the absence. Well, and my thought's always been, and, and I don't know, this is my 
bullshit theory yeah. because there's no grounds behind this yeah. that anytime you're experiencing something like that your body physically must be dying yeah and it's your brain's way of protecting you from the fact that yeah. you're probably killing something you're not supposed yeah, to yeah yeah i mean to be fair i love absinthe like i am yeah i imagine like here's here's where here's where this thought process happens i imagine that back before uh, anesthesia was yeah. a thing that we could use if people were in enough pain their brains were went somewhere else to be fair i also don't want to live in a world that there's no anesthesia if I have to have anything done. Uh. Yeah, I'm for it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I again, I'm trusting my brain to take me somewhere. Oh, I was watching. It was the um, it was it was a documentary on 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 Adams. Um, it was oh. the one with Paul Giamatti. Okay, that was you know ten years ago or something. Like this okay, uh, and in that one of the characters has like breast cancer and has a breast removed. With no anesthesia. And I went, I don't want to live in a world that there's no anesthesia anywhere. Yeah, no, that... They gave her some whiskey and something to bite down on and then cut off a boob. It's like, unless it's like (laughs) end of the world walking dead scenario. Yeah. No, thank you. I will wait. I'm good. I will wait a little while. It's I'm just gonna, gonna, gonna be let okay. the cancer take me at yeah, that point. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, absinthe is tasty. That's the moral of that story. <clears throat> yeah, it is. It is a quality no drink. Kidding. Um, so Jack and Teal'c um, come in in the middle of the scene as Kira is explaining that you know she she thought that Dar- Dargal was related to the memory loss, but there's no evidence in there. Mm-hmm. And she pauses at a picture of an older man, and she explains that sometimes she wonders if she knows people in these photos and wonders where the elders and the children went. And they're like maybe through the Stargate. And Jack is looking at this on the other side of the room and, like, looking at Sam and is just going, why the fuck am I here? Can I shoot something now? Yeah. (laughs) That's what he's thinking. This is what I do. Uh, I shoot shit. Um, So, and and they're, like, over back on the other side of the room in their own little world. Uh, Daniel and Kira's like, well, whatever happened, happened quickly without warning, she Mm -hmm. says. And Daniel catches on with a smile because since otherwise you would have left yourself a note. And they giggle together. This was the worst. This was was the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, this is where, if I were Sam, I would have just walked over to him and slapped him him across the face and been like, no. Just have a book in your hand and just Uh, smack him up the bed. You are done. You are done being a people for today. You go over there and you go over there. And Go think about how idiotic you just were. <laughs> On the other side of, of the room and a table, Jack is thinking, uh, which is always dangerous. <laughs> he goes, Amnesia doesn't really track with the name Destroyer of Worlds, but Carter, Carter sure. thinks in a sick way it does. Like, Kira even said that there are the societies on the verge of collapse. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just a new way to destroy your right, world. Right, right. Um, and Sam points out that they're the ones that got Linnea out of Hidante Prison, and they showed her the Stargate and how she can travel. Jack knows... And Sam says they are kind of responsible, and Jack's like, I know. Yeah, we did this. On the other side of the table, Daniel and Kira are still in their own little schoolgirl crushed vomitorium. <laughs> and Dan- <laughs> vomitorium. <laughs> and Daniel gives her the 30-second version of, of the last episode. <laughs> yeah. That Linnea was a very, very bad older lady who committed terrible crimes, and it's how it's sort of their fault, so they're going to help out. Yeah. This Just is the part of. where I'm like, oh, that's her. Because I'm not smart enough to have realized it much earlier. Oh, no, in the I know. The, I know the exact point you figured oh, okay, it out. Good, good. This was not oh, it. Gotcha. Okay. This it was, was a not little it. bit. I think it's a little bit later it was than later. it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think, I think, I as I'm listening to you watching this episode, these are the times I like to sit here with you. <laughs> you kind of were like, well, where is she now? Yeah. And you were going, like. I was getting there. And then there was a point in time later that I'll point out where you're like, that's fucking Linnea. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me happy. It took a minute. It took a minute. <laughs> so later, sometime later. In I will the library, say that I knew it before Daniel did. Yes, you knew it before Daniel did. You knew it before anyone else in the episode. That's because I wasn't trying to put my penis in her. Exactly. Sometime later in the library, Sam may have something. She moves a book and she sees a little book behind it. Uh, and she recognizes it as Linnea's diary. Mm. Janet walks in now saying that Sam's, diagnos- Sam's diagnosis was bang on. She's like, look. She talks to Jack. She goes, I can either take a week setting up a lab here, <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. things back and forth and back, or I can just take some volunteers back. Yeah. Um, I love the way she does this. Yeah. If she could have just been like, hey, bring them back over. Yeah. She lets it be Jack's decision. Yeah. Because she knows how he works. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Jack's going to head back and brief Hammond. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kira believes that she can help, and Daniel is already leading her around with his hand on her mid back. Yeah. Which doesn't go unnoticed Bro. by Sam and Jack. Yeah. Because, you know, his wife just yeah. died. Hey, remember that wife you were really sad about? You almost left the SGC for? <laughs> Jeez, dude. Yeah. So they, uh, well, to be fair, they don't know he almost left the SGC for it. That was all in his head. That's fair. Probably didn't share that. Very true. So they, a bit later, they... uh, That's going to come out one drunk night somewhere. That is, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, They head through the Stargate to Earth uh, with Kira, Orner, and wife. And uh, the later (laughs) two are like a bit nervous about it and the wife is also shooting eye daggers at Kira who doesn't yeah. notice She's and it's no, awesome yeah no cares no also, I love love this we yeah. see the Zeppelin out the window again yeah <laughs> one more time just one more time you know just for the hell of it yeah there was no reason for that pan over except yeah. to see the Zeppelin I do love the way oh, as we go through the gate that we kind of we move our team out of the shot enough to see uh, Order's wife just yeah. grab his hand exactly like you idiot you're supposed to take my hand it's awesome. <laughs> anyway. Um, so on the other side, Orner is still one piece, one mm. skinny little piece. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're introduced to Hammond. Although only Kira is introduced to Hammond, the little people aren't. Right. You're, really you're not as important. No. In the infirmary, Janet is showing them their own MRIs, mm-hmm. uh, which they all have the same obstructions, which happen to be blue, mm. in their temporal lobes and in their hippocampus. And she's not really sure what it is. It's just that there is some residue between the synapses. She knows that, of right. course. And most likely their old memories are there. They're just being blocked and aren't accessible. That makes sense. But well, you have to get a court order, usually, exactly. when they're sealed like yeah, that. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> There's red tape to go through. <laughs> um, and they haven't been able to confirm yet if it matches the Dargal, um, but if it is, then it, they just have to find a way to dissolve it or remove it without damaging anything, which is right. easier said than done. Um, so Kira's like, well, we should get started immediately then. Yeah, I love the contention between Janet and Kira here. Yeah. Because there, there is this sense of like, hey, back off. Yeah. This is my lab. Exactly. Like, they're a little bit like dogs. It goes like, like standing that each other's ground. Yeah. yeah. I really, really love that because I love that Janet's got bite. Yeah, you know like, this I mean? is my lab. Yeah. Yeah, you I'm so guest in my lab. Yeah, so back the fuck off. Yeah. Uh, but this is where Janet's like, look, we've been at this a long time already, and there's a lot more to do until we get to that point. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel catches on. He's like, well, I'll give Kira the 50 cent tour. Yeah. And quickly ignore the other two. Right, right. Because they leave the room together, but there's only Kira in the next scene. Yeah. It's like he walks in, he goes, and there's the lunchroom. Go have something to eat. Anyway, yep. Kira, let's go this way. They're having, <laughs> for those 
They're having blue jello. It's okay. <laughs> Grace doesn't know about the blue jello yet. Aww. So as they walk, uh, Kira says this place is incredible. She's never dreamed of such marvels. Um, yeah. And, you know, thank you and all this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, she wonders if it's morning or night up top and asks what she can see. And she giggles as Daniel leads into the room and it's... Ugh. Uh, and this is where Grace is yeah. like, she's fucking Linnea. <laughs> Here's why. Because Daniel never gets a girl. No. And if he does get a girl. There's something wrong with her. Something real fucked up. Like she's Hathor. <laughs> or she's impregnated by a gold. Or she's getting them stoned on yeah. the sarcophagus. She's, yeah, she's she's getting them addicted to sarcophagus. Um, so yeah, that's what and I was like. Well, this is she's definitely, a mass murderer of yeah, This is too easy. That's really how we know that we've got a bad guy. If, yeah. if she's all over Daniel, <laughs> we got a bad guy. Mary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the coal mine. <laughs> That's exactly who he is. I really hope the other guys have caught on to the fact is like really... Daniel. We don't know if this person's good or bad. Daniel, what do you feel about her? Yeah, do you want to bone her? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're we need dead. to kill her. We're gonna. Yeah. Okay, Daniel, you're gonna die. <laughs> Probably. It's okay though. We usually find a way to get you back. Yeah. To be fair, you need to come back to life anyway. Yeah. It's not a big deal. No, that's absolutely that's absolutely my theory behind it. Anytime yeah. Daniel likes someone, shit's gonna hit the floor. <laughs> It's like he needs therapy. Like, he needs a whole lot of therapy. Well, he needs to stop finding the we, th- we all need therapy after this next awkward, no awkward scene that's yeah. about to happen. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't even know if I can get through this scene. <laughs> so, Daniel mentions that there's clothes in the dresser. <laughs> and she asks if her clothes are unsuitable. And he, she, no, no, it's fine. It's just... Are you hungry? We can have something sent down. You're hungry. I'm hungry. We'll have something sent down. Do you want something like awkward? Listen, I don't think I've had first dates this awkward. (laughs) Even the blind ones. (laughs) And then like, and then they get close and she mentions that since the Vorlix, close contact has become taboo. Yeah. (laughs) And in case they ever regain their memories. Let's just use like mass amnesia (laughs) as pillow top. Greatest thing. Daniel Daniel walks backwards and she follows, and that's mainly so he can sit down on something and they can be eye level to eye yeah. level. <laughs> because to be fair, Michael Shanks is fairly tall. Yeah, that's All the guys, Eric, everyone here is fairly tall. Yeah. Um, and and you know he's not from Bias. And like, no. Yeah. And he stutters out awkwardly trying to say that it's not for lack of being attracted to her. Yeah. It's more from the fact that he just lost his wife. What a convenient time to remember well, that. Well, he's like, not just, I lost a long time ago. But right now, I wouldn't really trust myself completely. And then Kira just plants, oh, plants one. Oh, God. It's the worst thing. It's worst. And then she's like, sorry, I interrupted. And he's like, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. I was thoughts just, left. Just uh, kidding. Just uh, what? Huh? <laughs> and Who she's like, I? I just had to do that. I have amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have chagnesia. <laughs> chagnesia. <laughs> she just had to do that in case her memories return and she's attached to someone else. And right. Daniel yeah. totally understands, which is why he just kisses her yeah, back Yeah, you know again. why he understands? Because she basically said, I had to kiss you and cheat on whoever I'm yeah. married to before I know that I'm married to them because then it's not cheating anymore, which is something Daniel would do. Exactly. Because he's a big I'm on a different shark. planet. It's not yeah, cheating. it's not cheating now. It's like, oh it's totally on the zip code rule. <laughs> I can't, I can't with this scene. No. I just can't with this scene. It's pretty terrible. I give how the fact that they both actors made it through this scene. It's the most awkward. It I was, give listen, them so much credit. Listen, <laughs> First kiss scenes are always weird. 
when Lorelai and Luke finally kiss at the end in Gilmore Girls, and he's like, "Will you just stand still?" Yeah, that was really fucking. That awkward. was really. It was awkward, but it's a sweet awkward. Yeah, like, it's a realistic sweet but awkward. It's, it's not as cringy as this one is. This is just like, how did those two actors make it through it's this ridiculous like, script? It's like I want to cringe so hard that my face is going inside my body. Like, <laughs> how is so this bad. even happening? It's so bad. Yeah. I will give him this. Um, I will give him this. There is the start of the scene when they're in front of the dresser and in front of the mirror, this really beautiful shot where it bounces off that mirror and another mirror. You get like three of them. Right. That's really pretty. The shot's really pretty. The, the shot there yeah. is really nice. Yeah. I'm going to focus on that part Let's of the scene. Let's do that and then keep moving. Let's because, keep moving. Yeah. Oh, awkward. Yeah. Have, have you awkward? Uh, this is my awkward. awkward limit for the day. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, Jack meets Sam in her lab. <laughs> yeah. Moving past Thank that scene. Thank God. Um, and apparently the Dargal has a link to longevity. Mm-hmm. It was slowing the aging process of the insects it was being used against. Not a lot, but at least some to be noticeable. Okay. So they stopped using it over 20 years ago since it was affecting the fertility rate, hence no kids. To right. be fair, where the fuck the rest of the kids go? Yeah. They don't there mention must have been some kids, yeah. I don't find any bodies of kids. It's not, They couldn't have stopped the fertility rate to zero. Where did all the children go? Where did all the children go? <laughs> it sounds like a 60s song. <laughs> Okay. It's a lone guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dum, 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 Some hippie dum, in the dum, field somewhere. Dum, dum, dum. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Linnea was trying to enhance the longevity part and create a sort of fountain of youth. Uh, according to her diary, she was about to conduct an experiment using a super concentrated form of the Dargal uh, on two elders, male and female. And that's where the journal ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam's like, but what if there was an accident, a chain reaction of the Dargal that gas that create caught Linnea by surprise and the entire population becomes young overnight. And you realize the implication, of course, and Jack is nodding yes while saying no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, and, and, you know, and uh, Sam pulls a line out of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She's like, you know, the implication, <laughs> which is really gross. And that's not what she's doing at all. <laughs> but I wanted to throw it in there. <laughs> she's like, the elders aren't gone. They are the elders. Right. The amnesia was just a side effect. Okay, where did all the regular age people go? Right. Then? That So shouldn't there still be children? Like, this doesn't answer any questions as to why only, is it only the elders? Did it only affect if you're over a certain age? What the well, fuck up with the population? Here's what I'm wondering. Were they so old and had they stopped producing so long ago that everyone left in the society was said, in their 80s? They said it was over 20 years ago. That's true. I guess that is a question. Did they, before this happened, create a mass exodus? But then again, even if that happened, wouldn't there be on the record somewhere Right, that they all left. That they all left? Yeah. There's a little bit of plot Years, guys. It's, it's a, a, giant, a little bit twisty. It's a giant two thirds of a population sized plot hole. We're not gonna look at that. That's the thing that makes Swiss cheese so delicious out of the whole. Because the whole thing that Daniel <laughs> awkwardly and horribly said earlier, like if this happened instantaneously, or they right, had, there would have been no there would have been a get note. people out. Yeah, but there would have been a note if they evacuated the children and their mm-hmm. parents beforehand. Unless they went back so far that anything, anyone young, any child, or anything, un, you know, under a certain age, yeah. do they just disintegrate? Do they no longer exist? That's the thing. Like, did they uh, again? No, again, like in. Futurama, yeah. <laughs> where they're turned into children and they're all slowly just disappearing because yeah. they're getting younger and younger and younger it's until just, they no longer exist. It's just questionary. Yeah. Did they just turn into powder? Wouldn't there be piles of 
people powder, powder all over. Oh, that sounds weird. Okay, don't call it that, Grace. Okay. People powder. People powder is better. Silent, silent green is people. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, but the elders aren't gone. They are the elders. The amnesia was just a side effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack's like, but Linnea's dead, right? Yep. And nope. and she's like, well, if the bodies they found were the elders, Jack's like, don't say it. And yeah. she's like, well, we wouldn't recognize her even if she walked in the door. And Jack's like, don't. And he puts his fingers in yeah. ears. And he starts to hum. That's a grown up thing to do. That's it's, how we do things. To be fair, it's Jack. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, fair. Yeah. And she, she's like, look, we have to entertain the chance that Kira is Linnea. It's just a chance, though. It's right. like a twenty percent. Except chance. it's totally what the truth except is. this is Stargate. Like yeah. you've mentioned, the horrible thing. That's definitely that thing. That's yeah. true. Um, I th- she had to have come up with this idea that Kira was Linnea as she's talking to Jack, like right. working this out. Because if she actually thought that Kira was Linnea before Jack walks in, she would have said so with much more urgency, or went and told Hammond. Or she would or have like, been like, "Hey, no time to explain. We gotta lock up Kira." Exactly. So she must have it figured she was it out. Talking yeah. Like this, like this was knowledge she's already figured out. That's just talking to Jack. But she had to have been figuring this out while she was talking. Yeah, I think she was working it through. Yeah. Um, so briefing room scene, and everyone is listening to this idea, except for Daniel, who doesn't even want to, he listens to the idea that this is Linnea, even after Janet tells him that Kira's DNA matches Linnea, because she just happens to conveniently have some samples of Linnea's DNA locked away somewhere. Um, and Daniel argues, like, what, so they just lock her up? They Mm -hmm. send her back to prison? Uh, Daniel asks Jack, you know, who's the person you trust with your life more than anyone? It's okay if he doesn't pick Daniel, which is good, because Jack would never pick pick Daniel. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, Teal'c? Okay. And he's like, refresh our memories, Teal'c. What was your previous occupation? Okay, here's where there's a giant hole in Daniel's (laughs) argument, and I have to address it, because it pissed me off that he went there. Linnea slash Kira, yeah. right, has gone back and lost her memory. Yeah. There is no sign saying that she won't build the same personality Exactly. Again. Yes. Teal yes. made a conscious change yes. to be who he is. Yes. He knows what his past is. Exactly. Was part of his past and made an active effort to change that. Oh, I completely... I was so mad at Daniel. completely agree with you. I was so mad at Daniel in that moment. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and and Jack's like, look, I get the subtle point you're trying to make. Yeah. Um, but Daniel's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Um, his point is that she's not the same person. It's just the same DNA. You can't condemn her for what she did in the past if she doesn't remember it. And Hammond's like... That's look, not true. I anyway. at least want to confine you to your quarters. Mm. And, you know, Daniel... Daniel you go tell her. I will say, I, I, to me, it's a tricky thing because it's the question of, of what is it, nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. How much of who Linnea is or was or is is because of events that le- like triggered responses and right. the journey, specific journey in life that Linnea led, and how much of it was personality traits. Right. So it's one of those like maybe she has the same personality traits. Eventually, but because she didn't have some of the life, same life experiences, she won't go batshit crazy and try to kill people. But she'll get the same determination and genius. It's it's kind of like okay, fine. Let's let's play this out though. Yeah. Let's play this out, right? And so this woman, uh, she's her instincts will lead her a certain way. She yes. has a certain personality type. Now, what if you start seeing them turn in this other way? Yeah. And, and you see this person who you've been trying to help shape to be who she is, a better Make person. Make a dark turn. So you're, you're one, you are forcing a person to be something they're not. You're essentially yeah. brainwashing someone. Oh, yeah, no. Whether it's for good or bad, it doesn't matter. 
And two, once they make that turn, do you then reveal their truth? Yeah, exactly. There's and like then what? There's no win-win. Insane, yeah. Which is, again, this entire crazy batshit moral question is why I love science fiction. Well, uh. yeah, and that, I think that's what brought me to Identity Crisis. I remembered reading it. Now, in Identity Crisis, it's a bunch of our DC people. It's, uh, somebody dies. I think it's Sue Digme, which mm-hmm. is the, I think she's the elongated man's wife. Yeah. She's been killed. Uh, and, and we find out who killed her. There's more to the story. Yeah. And, and, and I apologize for spoilers, but it's Dr. Light. Yeah, who's who's a a villain that we've seen before, and ultimately Zatanna brainwipes him, mm-hmm. and there is this huge contention within the superheroes of the DC world where yeah. they take a vote because. Yeah. A lot of them are like, this is a real shitty thing to do. It is. It does not matter who he is. You cannot just wipe a person's brain. Yep. And they take the vote, and Zatanna does it anyway. And I think that's when, like, her and Batman stopped talking. Because <laughs> they were best friends. Yeah. Um, but that's what... It is a shitty thing. It's a very they, shitty they, thing. Yeah. Now, now, in the sense of Linnea, they don't lobotomize her. No. But they might as well have. It, it, but, I okay, when it comes to this episode, I will say, like... The qu- we don't see the scene. Mm-hmm. They do say she did this willingly. They right. didn't force her to do this. Right. Now, in the the conversation, we're jumping way ahead and we'll get to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, we'll come back. But, like, Daniel gives this option. She's about to kill herself otherwise. Right. So I do believe that, that she was fighting with the fact that there's two sides inside of her. She says all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I do believe at the end of this episode, Kira herself makes the choice to take this again to wipe her own memory. Which to me is very different than someone else wiping your memory against your will. That's fair. Well, let's let's get back yeah. into okay. it, and then okay. we'll we'll take it a minute to digest because yes. that is definitely something I want to get yeah. back to. Yeah, and I have I actually have something else oh, at cool. the end of it that will play off because I'm glad Perfect. you brought identity crisis in because I know the story I haven't read it. Like, okay, so gotcha. aware, But the thing I have in the end uh, and the the website that I found at the end, you're okay. gonna totally dig and be awesome. super excited about it. So, so Daniel goes to tell. Uh, Kira, uh, and she's ready to go to work. Um, and but Daniel's like, Look, Hammond insists that you stay here for a while. It's not because of the Vorlix, we know it's not contagious. And she's very confused that there are guards outside the room. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's like, Look, I can't tell you everything, but the Vorlix did do more than just erase your memories. Right. Um, and don't worry, Janet's still working for a cure from the amnesia, and she is just left here with all of these questions, basically going, What the fuck? What's you happening? just freaked me the f- yeah, freaked me out. So in Janet's lab, Janet and Carter are frustrated. Janet yeah. notices the distinct lack of optimism in the room. <laughs> um, and, you know, they've been working, trying to find chemicals that that inside the brain that will destroy what needs to be destroyed and not harm the surrounding tissues. But seems like it could take years. Yeah. Unless they get help from Kira, which right. Hammond's like, nope. Yeah. Drops the note card real hard. Yeah. I love the respect, though, with these, uh, you know, these these scientists. Yeah. They're like, listen, we know that she is what she is, but her brain is a good brain and yeah. we could use her. Yeah. And Janet doesn't like it either, um, but she's way beyond them in biochemistry yep. and knowledge on the Dargal. And Hammond's like, remember the part where she's a homosonic maniac yeah. murderer? Yeah. And Janet's like, look, Daniel may be right. Which causes a great head tilt, double take on Jack's part. <laughs> um, Kira and Linnea may be two different people, and Jack does 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 a amnesia check with lots of air quotes. Destroyer of worlds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Sam points out that Kira wants nothing more than to help her people. Right. You know, and if she doesn't take the antidote herself, 
And Janet, you know, says that without there, there won't be an antidote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these people need to remember something because they're about to get destroyed by this right. winter. Now, they did say it's been over a year since the were like, so they've already gone through a winter. That's true. Like, I don't, I don't. Our timelines aren't matching. Yeah. They, well, we don't know that their winter comes in one year. This is true. There yeah. could be, and, you know, it could be a Westeros type thing where, they, you yeah, know, yeah. different winters. But it's still, it seems like they, there is a manufactured timeline on this. Gotcha. Like a manufactured deadline. Right. They, they've already been through one winter. Yeah. Unless this is a weird Westerosi winter. Yeah, don't come the, once a year. It could be like a not once a year. It could be, we don't know where their sun is. You know, yeah. you know, or, or, or all that part works but like, for them. But I, I, I still say that they, there is an urgency on this that doesn't seem like it fits. Uh, yeah. It's almost like it was just written in to create urgency. Yeah. Like, yeah. it seems like they could take another couple months to figure this shit sure, out. Sure, yeah. But, um, and so, yeah, reluctantly, Jack and Hammond agreed. There's mm-hmm. going to be precautions. Right. Clearly, right. as they should be. So Daniel and Teal'c arrive at Kira's room with guards to take her to Janet's lab. Uh, she's a bit nervous, but Daniel will be with her the whole time. Yeah, yeah of course come he will. on. Yeah, if you actually knew Daniel, you knew that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean Jack. <laughs> he barely um, knows how to hold a gun. <laughs> yeah, as we saw in the last yeah. session. So Kira is sciencing it up in here and yep. trying not to go above a three percent solution so they don't create a deadly poisonous gas. Yeah, maybe geez. you should be wearing some biohazard Anything. gear. That's why you got into this situation in the first place. I know, that I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. You're a really bad destroyer of worlds. <laughs> Had you been wearing your gear when you destroyed this, she would have still been around. Exactly. Everybody else would have been destroyed. And then she you can write yourself as the god figure among yeah. these people. Yeah, you dummy. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> uh, and Sam tells Daniel that she's so far ahead of them, it's frightening. Yeah. Which, that's, that's not a good thing. Mm-mm. So sometime later, Janet is loading a test into a super scary hypodermic needle thing. <laughs> Yikes, yeah. And they're coming with with some excuses, although logical ones, as yeah. to why Kira can't test it on herself. Yeah, I have to give it to Janet really trying on this one. Her poker face isn't the greatest, but yeah. I mean, it'll do in a pinch. Because my favorites, though, is if Orner dies, they'll need her to help try, you know, yeah. make another version. And I was like... Maybe don't bring that up in front of the person no who's kidding. getting the yeah. needle in their neck. But I do love that she that that Kira doesn't bat an eyelash at that. Yeah, she's like that's fair. Yeah, true. Yeah, and uh, to me, that's signs of an evil person. Yeah, I know. signs of evil. <laughs> so for some reason, has to go straight into your carotid artery. Yikes! Which <laughs> which can't feel good. No, no. Uh, and after that, he feels... Also, if you go straight to the carotid artery, it's just going to blow back at you. <laughs> Gee, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Anyways, after that, he feels something. And that something is a massive seizure. Yeah. I feel a needle in my carotid <laughs> artery. <laughs> in which he stops breathing and his heart stops. And can I please ask of why you're testing this thing that you don't know what the reaction is, why your crash guards are on the other side <laughs> oh, of the room? yeah, we may need those. Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe you should put those, like... Not scary, close to freak him out, but like you know, kind of hide him in the background, yeah, or yeah. just like behind his head yeah. where he pull, can't no, no, see no. what you, they what are. What you do is you pull the curtain on the side of the bed. There you and go. You have him right on the other side of the bed. Yeah, that's yeah. easy. You just have to pull the curtain Simple. back. Simple. Oh. Simple. Anyway, <laughs> so um, the heart monitor also is showing a steady heartbeat the entire time. It's giving a flatline right. sound. By yeah. the way. <laughs> Yeah, your heart monitor's broken. <laughs> um, but he comes out of it on its own, and super suddenly... Yeah. And He's like... <gasps> and instantly yeah. talking, communicate. He doesn't... He still 
doesn't remember anything, though. Also, you just had a needle in your carotid. You're not going to be able to talk instantly. That's going to hurt like hell for a little while. It's going to hurt like a bitch. It really is. I I will tell you from an experience involving the carotid artery, it takes a couple of hours before you're like, it hurts to say words right now. Maybe there was also like a numbing agent in mixing with it. Maybe. 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 We'll call it that. Sure. We'll say that. (laughs) Uh, And Kira just wants to jump right back in and try again. Janet's like... How about you slow your roll? Yeah. And how about we give Ernor a second to recoup? Yeah. She's like, well, no, it's supposed to be immediate. If it's not immediate, it's going to work. And we're like, I love okay. the side eye that, that I, I think know. Janet and Sam each other. Like, what is this bitch's problem? Like, I don't know how else to express yeah. the face they give each other. I think this is definitely like, like this motherfucker. <laughs> I think this is definitely like the case you can make for some of Linnea's personality yeah. was not was not, uh, was part of her. It is not circumstance. She is Anakin Skywalker. She is Anakin Skywalker. She is Anakin, that's And it. I think that's also, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up. That mm-hmm. is a perfect, I think that's a perfect, um, a perfect person to look at the way of, had, really, if a couple things changed in Anakin's life, mm-hmm. he would have been the greatest Jedi right. of all time. He wouldn't have turned into Darth Vader. Yeah. So, I, you know, to me, that's a great case of... But do we think that, or, or, or would that personality have found other things to focus on? It would have found other things to focus on. See what focus. I mean? It would have found other things to focus on, but those things to focus on may have not been on the dark side. That's fair. Those things to focus on may have been on the good on, on the yeah. light side. Because he was so hell-bent on just... Fo- he did have good things in his life. He did, and it's he really... He was so hell-bent on the ones that weren't. If his mother hadn't have died... Right. I mean, right. if you that's, that, that's kind of the cornerstone of everything. If his mother hadn't have died, he wouldn't have the fear of Padme dying. Right. And this, the, the entire, he wouldn't have been so drawn to the Emperor after the Empire drops that carrot of bringing okay. people back from the dead. Yeah. So I think there's, it's one of those things where if a couple things changed in Anakin's life, he would have been the greatest Jedi. He yeah. would have been the thing that both Qui-Gon and Yoda and everyone wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. So if you take Linnea... And and you wipe away one or two of these negative things that may have happened in her life. But here's the reality, right? The reality is that bad things will happen. Yes. And the person is good or bad, not because good or bad things happen to them, but yes. because of how they react to them. It is. But at the same time, it's then the question of of are 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 you judging? Are you are you condemning something to a because of a possibility that may happen in the future. Well, the thing, well, here's what I'm saying is if her personality is the kind to be that if something bad happens, I will then turn to this person. Yeah. A bad thing will eventually happen. So the idea is that bad things will happen to people. Yeah. And I think what makes our personality isn't the bad things that happen to us. It's how we react to them. Yes. Now, now here's the other thing. You can say that with the right guidance, Mm -hmm. the right guidance, you can learn to react to that. But like in is like Anakin, could you have had a better guide than Qui-Gon or Yoda? This is true. So sometimes the dark people are just dark. This is true. You know, and that's the hard part. That's to me, it, it's it's you know, it's not that this bad thing happened to him and, and poor him, that's why he's dark. It's like, well, no, this bad thing happened to him. And he had two ways he could have approached it. There's two yeah. roads to go. To. I mean, Batman could have become an asshole, hoodlum. This is true. And been like, my parents were killed, so I'm gonna kill everybody else's yeah. parents. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a great because, in, but it's the it's also that you know I I had a, a a you know mental a mental challenge and and it's it's very much along the same lines of of what if 
<laughs> Sound crazy. <laughs> Go with me. Yeah. What if at the end of World War II, uh-huh. Hitler didn't die? Right. He fell off a large thing, smacked his head completely, uh-huh. and he did, like like this, lose his entire identity. Right. Lose everything. What blank slates, very much like wow. this is. yeah. What then would, would happen if you ignore, like, you know... Now, I talk yeah, about this later treat, thing. How do you treat this? How do you treat it? Can, can in, on a scale that's not quite the as Hitler, right. can you condemn someone for something that they have absolutely no memory of and don't remember any of the lead up and any of the wow. causes as to what that would cause? Well, I, okay, so I don't know what this says about me, but I think yes. I think you let them know what they've done. And then let them work through that. And they have this mental prison of, of like, like, like Kira breaks at the end of the episode. Yeah. Of like, I don't remember any of this, but I know I did this. And this yeah. is something that I find morally reprehensible right. that someone would do. And yet I have the knowledge that I did this. I almost think that that knowledge can push you further into becoming a better person. And so, you know and, that's, I mean? and so, and that's the thing of, of here. Of, but again, I'm I'm shooting way on the other oh, I side. Know. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I don't. This these are those weird questions that I don't think there's any answers. to. I don't think there is either. Yeah. You know, and so, and that's why, and and that's why, you know, here when you're talking about like she, she's starting to have these the the say the passion and the drive, in order to be this g- genius. But yeah. if she doesn't have whatever those triggers were, and right. if she has people watching her, you know, could those triggers and stuff lead her to be, you know... A good person. A wonderful, like, one of the most medically genius, yeah. bring society to the forefront people. She could, but I also think that telling her who she was before, yeah. as she's approaching these, having that in her mind could also push her to be good. Yeah. Because she's like, this is where I should before. You can't just drop it on her like right, you do here. Right, That's fair. That's so fair. it's one of those, like... But I think knowing that, if she really is this person that she wants to be now, yeah. knowing who she was, this is kind of... She's just going to be trying I, yeah. to apologize for her that's entire for life. Her sins. Her yeah. for the sins. So that's why... Yeah, I'm like, I guess there's a balance that you've got to find There's some major... Like moral and ethical question this episode. Yeah, holy moly! <laughs> Almost, yeah. I feel more than any episode we've had so far. I, I'm gonna agree with that. Like, I'm absolutely gonna agree with that. It's and it's they almost don't touch on half of it in this episode. Well, um, you know what? I I am I don't imagine it's an easy thing to write. No, 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 not and, at all. And, and I don't think there's a conclusion that will make everyone and feel trying good. to pack it into a 40 minute yeah, episode. Exactly. Yeah. When you have an entire actual plotline going on <laughs> aside from this, yeah. So in the hallway, Kira wants to talk alone with Daniel. Um, Antique will accompany him since he doesn't know what the word alone means. Right. Uh, but he's only <laughs> concerned for Daniel Jackson's welfare. Right. It's his best um, friend. Inside, Kira is not stupid. Yeah. Like, she's like, I know you think I'm Linnea. Right. And and she asks, like, if, if Daniel thinks so, and he avoids the question, mm-hmm. telling her that the Vorlicks made the entire population younger and that their DNA tests have proved that you and Linnea have the same DNA. Um, but he knows that they aren't the same person. Mm-hmm. She's Kira now, and Kira is wonderful. And Kira knows that they, you know, she's like, look, I know I can't take the antidote. Um, she's like, I also know that I would never harm anyone. And Daniel believes her, and they get way too close. To yeah. Something. It's like, you were there, Daniel. You met Linnea. Yeah. And I understand you believe her, but, like, slow up a bit. Have some, yeah, slow a little a bit, bit of, a, of a guard up. Yeah. 
Anything. Yeah. In the hallway, uh, Jack and Daniel have a little talk, which is mostly just one-sided. Jack isn't saying that the first woman he has fallen for since Shari isn't a peach. I was like, first woman? <laughs> yeah, seriously. First woman. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, if she mm-hmm. remembers who she is, Daniel's the first one to go. Right. And Daniel walks off without even looking back. Mm-hmm. So back in the lab, there's another test ready. They test it under a microscope, and it does whatever they need it to do. Right. And Kira thinks this will be the right antidote. She's right. Yeah. Janet quickly says that they can take it from here. Uh, Kira's like, I can help. And Sam and Janet get real awkward about it. Uh-huh. They're like, it's better <laughs> if we do this ourselves. Yeah, go away now. We don't trust you. Uh, and you can come back and watch the test. Yeah. Sure. And while no one's looking, she palms some of the antidote, which somehow no one sees. Here's where I start thinking. She's clearly got this in her. Yeah. Yeah. She's well, not done Linnea-ing it up. It's also, it's here is, is it because she's starting to guess and she's heard all these horrible things and you're like, I now need to find out of this horrible person that you right. say I am. Right. Or if I'm, because yeah. I don't feel this inside of me yeah. and you're starting to think I'm this horrible person, I kind of need to know. And then, but then even like stealing this and taking it yeah. and without appealing to them, there's something yeah. to that anyway. So Janet quickly, uh, well, I've already said that part. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So Teal'c leads her back to the room and Teal'c is watching her hand. He knows something's up. And I was like, Teal'c, you know something's up? Why don't you go say something to someone? Yeah, <laughs> I don't let know. this shit happen. I don't know why he doesn't say anything because he clearly knows that she's He's Clearly looking in her hand. He, I think he's also again just watching her. But again, appeal to the rest of your group. <laughs> exactly. Go talk Holy to Jack. Crap. Yeah. So it's test time again. Orner gets it in the neck again, and yeah. he's sure this time it will work, and it does. He goes into seizure again, but it's not as bad as when he comes to. He remembers his name is Nodal, and Aww. he remembers everything else. He's married to Layal for forty three years. Oh, it's his wife. All along. Yeah. She tell, he tells Kira that, look, you have to take the antidote. It's the greatest thing in the world. And she frustratingly tells Nodal that, you know, I can't and they'll yeah. explain. And yep. she huffs out and leaves. Right. So Daniel and Kira get off the elevator. She wants to know what's going to happen to her. And Daniel intends, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask that you go back to bias. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, well, they're going to fear me of what I did. And Daniel's like, you know, but for everything you've done, they're going to be grateful. Right. Because they've only seen that side of you. Yeah, that's true. Um. Because I have, you know, most of the plants didn't even know she was there. Yeah. You know. They don't know. Beforehand. Well, and it's like, even if they did, they don't know that she's her. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, the, you know, they, as they open the door, um, she says that all debts have now been paid as she touches his face. And Daniel goes to leave and then pauses. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you see the cycles working and you're like, catch up, Daniel. Yeah. Catch up, Come Daniel. On. Catch up, Daniel. He basically said a Lannister always repays his debt <laughs> at you. Exactly. What more do you need? <laughs> Halfway down the hall, Winter's he turns Winter's coming. Winter's coming. Winter's <laughs> coming. Um, and he opens the door. Um, and, and, you know, she's like, look, I know you took the antidote. Right. And she catches him. She's holding two vials. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason he closes the door behind him again. What the fuck? I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell myself that this was Daniel's way of protecting everyone else. I don't know. Who knows? She's like, I had to, you know, I, she's like, I'm not Kira. I, right. You know, she's, she's, a, she's a murderer and, you know, she's about to smash the vials together to create a poisonous gas that will fill the room. She only wants to kill herself. She doesn't want to hurt him. Yeah. And Dana's like, well, you're going to have to kill me too because I'm not leaving. Yeah. I don't know that I would, I, he's a better person than I am. Yeah. Because I would have been like. You know what? There's a solution to this problem. Yeah. I'm going to walk out this door and give you a minute. Yeah. But, again, I may not be having the best decision <laughs> ever. Yeah, and Daniel is doing a big poker race, you know, because yeah. Linnea 
Well, first of all, Linnea wouldn't be trying to kill herself. That's true. Linnea would no have no qualms against killing Daniel. Mm-hmm. And this is the ultimate test that he's doing. That's like, you're not her because right. you're not going to be able to kill yeah. her. Um, so Jin is about to inject Lyal with the antidote when she notices the missing vials. Um, and because, man, Kira is a master hand position. No kidding. Yeah, among <laughs> uh, other things. Yeah. And Jack and Daniel go running, guessing what's up. And yep. Kira's room, she calmly says that she deserves to die. Mm-hmm. Daniel doesn't believe that. Kira says part of her cares for Daniel more than anyone she's ever cared for. And as she backs, that's a great shot because she backs up out of the light into the darkness. How appropriate, yeah. And she says, but there's another part of her that would gladly watch him die. Yeah, it's so, yeah. That's a great, that's that's a great. It is. Just film thing right there. Yeah. Um, and Jack and Teal break into the room and Daniel's like, wait, don't shoot. Um, Kira's like, there are two people inside of me. She's like, one is a monster. And, you know, when Daniel calls her Kira again, she angrily says that she's not Kira. Mm. Daniel agrees. She's not, but she can be again. She just Mm -hmm. has to forget. And we zoom in on her face and then we blurrily pan back out. Um, she's drugged up Kira. Yeah. Doesn't remember anything. She's been a visit to the SGC and it's time to go home now. Um... In the gate room, she explains to Lyle and Nadal that, you know, she did, or Sam is explaining that she did mm-hmm. this wingly. Her memory is completely gone again. And Nadal tells her that they're friends, that she's a great leader of their people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kira turns to Daniel and says she has a sense that they knew each other well before her memory was gone. And Daniel tells her no. Good job, Daniel. Did. I was like, that's one smart so thing you've waiting. done this whole episode. So waiting for him to be like, we did. And it's then like, kiss her. Yeah. Thank goodness he did not do that. And she returns back to bias with the other two. And I was like, wow, is this the most irresponsible thing the SGC has ever done yeah. in its history? <laughs> I, I I have to hope that we're checking in on our vigilant. regular basis. Yeah, we're yeah we're being vigilant. We're we're monitoring this planet. We're monitoring that we're checking in with our with our two leads with um no uh, doll and uh, well it's also and, like have they given everyone else in the planet's memories like the antidote already? Like how do you come up with the excuse as to why she can't take the antidote when she gets back to the planet? Right, or or maybe she has to make up some backstory saying she did take the antidote. Yeah, but then again. Look, secrets are never a good thing. No. They're never a good thing. Secrets make no friends. This is going to come out. This is going to come out. um, Yeah. I can't think of the name of it for the life of me, but there's a movie that came out in the 90s with Brad Renfro. He was a kid, and he finds this guy who was a Nazi soldier. And I don't his know this one. I'm totally gonna find it. But okay. it's like these secrets come out, and then you figure out what's really going on with these people. And if she, yeah, well, and there's also the thing that you know, if this has been just over a year since the Vorlicks, how do we not know that this sub apps people? Okay, anyway, never heard of it. That's all. <laughs> but how do we know this has been over a year? How do we know that the that the blockage between the synapses isn't going to naturally break down in ten or twenty years? Right. Right. You know, how do we know that, you know, if, if uh, I am, if you keep, if you keep, if you guard her closely. Right. And, and everything like this, and she continues with maybe a regular therapy basis, once a week type thing. If she truly, truly does not remember anything, mm-hmm. and that is something that will last, that she truly will not remember who Linnea was or she was Linnea. Yeah. I ca- can be slightly more okay with it. Like, I just think the brain is such a powerful thing that it's it going to want her to do something. And that, and that is why I'm saying, like, if, yeah. hypothetically, yeah. you could guarantee that she stays Kira, that she goes to therapy to watch her, that she, you know, that something yeah. else, 
that if you can guarantee that, okay, but you can't. You, you can't. can't guarantee that. And also in this specific case, you have no clue if that blockage is going to naturally dissolve in 20 right. years. I, I think there's something about... Listen, maybe we wiped her to put her on this planet to get her help, yeah. to get her therapy, and then slowly we let her remember the things that she can remember yeah. about who she was. And then at that point, she's got to resolve the differences. But, you know, maybe you keep her at the SGC where you can watch her more for that. Yeah, because the idea that, well, I, I mean, how do you do that and then give the woman a life also? Either way, yeah. you know what I mean? If you exactly. keep her shut up. Um you either lobotomize her or put her in prison. Yeah. And and neither of those will work. And neither of those are... It, both of those are as morally sticky yeah. as, as the situation that they pick. I, I almost think that this... You know, this is the best. She asked for this. the lesser of all evils. She asked for this. And, and I think there's something about... Listen, we let her go. Uh, we let her build this life. And then we slowly let her... Fill her in on the parts that are missing. Or the other option is... is Part of what she agrees to, and who knows if she will continue to agree to this, mm-hmm. but at the slightest chance of one of these memories coming back, they have a small vial. They they keep this in, and yeah. they just wipe her memory again. That sounds uh, horrible. I don't like that. To it me, sounds, that's like just hor- keeping her anesthetized. It, it is. In some I, ways, I, it I, is. Yeah. I really love the idea of allowing her to remember who she is. Yeah. Making her own peace with it, yeah. and being this person, that I'm okay with saying, yeah. yeah, it's a rough, shitty life. But, but yeah. you work through that, and I'm okay with second chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you treat it as such, I mean, this could be highly she, fulfilling. She can completely change her life. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where she can use the her personality traits that could go either good yeah. or bad. To I mean, um, put it in a way of things that we may know, like, uh, you know, reformed gang members. Exactly. Or, or people that sense. There's something to be said about being able to get that second chance and actually change your life. Yes. Uh, oh, I agree. It's just the way that they just send her off free. That's like, the tough that's part. That's a little questionable. <laughs> yeah. Let's put a little more uh, guidance. Yeah. You're basically sending this wolf out into the sheep. Exactly. Sheet. That's the hard part. That the is definitely- wolf eventually may find out it's a wolf. Yeah. Why <laughs> not send her to like the uh you know the asgard or somebody exactly or, you know someone who can help her who can rehabilitate her put her in yeah you can't just put her out in this world again yeah that's the tough part it's yeah it's this tricky. was a good you know episode. i wonder if a good option would be with the tokra i Ooh. wonder if if you if she has a symbiote if that symbiote would be able to to keep that part of its in of her brain locked yeah there's something to that there too, yeah. That you know that that's an interesting. Yeah, I guess answer. it's just the hardest part is the fact that you're sending this this possible destroyer of worlds. Yeah. To, yeah, to a field of sheep. Exactly. <laughs> um. So this question led me to this amazing blog post okay. on a blog, um, which you're gonna want to look up. It's okay. called Law in the Multiverse. Huh. Superheroes, supervillains, and the law. Ooh. Yeah. Um. And it talks about some of the legal the legal side effects of. Amnesia. Okay. Um, and this blog actually turned into a book, apparently. Um, and, you know, it's it talks about... In, 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 this is why I thought you'd find it interesting with the identity crisis, because it talks in terms of, of comics, of, like, okay. the legal implications of actual non-faked amnesia, and it could, the fact that it could affect someone's competency to stand trial. Yeah. Like, can you have a fair trial if you don't remember anything about the crime? And not just 
Like, not just you lost two days before the crime, but if you lost decades and don't remember half of your life before the crime, can you actually stand trial for that crime? Right. What That's is a- what is the, the timeline if you don't remember a week before the crime versus don't remember five years before the crime? And, like... That's uh, not necessarily just the the moral implement, but the actual legal practicality of that. That is interesting. And I fell down the rabbit hole and was reading a bunch of other ones of this, uh-huh. and like it's uh, like you know the whole a part of like the one before this was like the 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 legal things of it, like the Good Samaritan law in regards to oh, superheroes and yeah. stuff like. It's it was really interesting. I seriously law in the multiverse. It I fell down the rabbit hole. Okay, law in the multiverse. Is yeah, that what it's called? Law in the multiverse. I fell down the rabbit hole and I fell down the rabbit hole hard. <laughs> uh, nice. So, um, let me bring up the rankings. Oh yeah. Document. Um, does this go in your top five? Oh, absolutely, it does. Alrighty. So here's the deal. It goes. I really really like this episode. I liked it a lot. I knew um, it was going to be a Grace episode. It's totally a Grace episode, but in the, you know, in the long run, yeah. it doesn't have quite the effect that Forever in a Day does or okay. Point of View. Okay. So this goes in my number three spot. Gotcha. Um, and my number four spot now is Learning Curve. Okay, so we're cutting into the fire. Well, out? Into the no. Fire is going to come into, into fifth. Okay, so we're just flipping them around. Yeah. So Fair Game is out. Fair Game is gone, yeah. Alrighty. Let me, let me, let me. It was an interesting, uh, you know, episode about diplomacy and things of that sort. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it gets cut. It gets cut. Um, I really like this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I think this just, I don't, I really like legacy and I don't want to take that out. I think this just takes learning curve out. Okay. So you Um, are now forever and a day, point of view, fair game. Past and present, present and, legacy. and legacy. Yeah, right on. Um, this is going to be a fun top ten to do at the end of the yeah, season. This will be interesting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then next week we're going to look at Jolinar's memories. Interesting. Hey Grace, what do you think the plot's about? Uh, it's probably not about Jolinar. Probably or not. Gilgar. It's probably not probably a Sam centric episode. No, probably not. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm totally ready for this. Let's do it. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Yes. Again, you can find us on the internet uh, anywhere you want. You can Facebook us at There's No Place Like Tara. You can find us on the Twitters at Tara Podcast. Or you can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Um, you can rate and review us on iTunes. That would be awesome we if you did. We give you hugs Yay. if you do. Thank you, everyone who has. And then go check out Law in the Multiverse. Yeah, it's a because great Because it log. seems like fun. It's a book. It's, it's great. It seems like a thing that I'm going to do instead of doing homework that I should be doing. <laughs> As that works. <laughs> and done. All right. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.